Caroline Jones is a Nashville-based artist who has a new album titled Antipodes, recorded partially here in Auckland, New Zealand. So with that in mind, we asked Caroline about her connection with Auckland. I discovered Auckland because I fell in love with my now husband in 2020 and he was going over to Auckland to sail in the America's Cup and so all my tours had been canceled and we fell in love and so I went with him and I lived in Auckland for seven months and uh-huh. recorded a lot of my sophomore album Antipodes there. Antipodes right. is a nod actually to New Zealand and Australia. I picked up on that. <laughs> and, uh, and I just love it. And we haven't been back. Um, we left about a year and a half ago and we haven't been back, but hopefully we'll get back next year because we're playing CMC uh, rocks with Zach Brown band. And so we'll be right. in Australia. So it's not too far from there. So hopefully we're going to make a trip of it. Not too far. No, not at all. Very good. Yeah, I was just in Nashville a few week, months ago, actually now, uh, for the Americana Fest. Have you ever yeah. attended that thing? I haven't yeah. been to it, but I've heard great things about it. I would love to go. I, I'm a big fan yeah. of many of those artists. And right. it seems to have a wonderful vibe, all the footage I saw from it. So I would yep, love yep. to go. Yep, it does indeed. Lots of live music all over yeah. the place for five days. You can't and, beat that. And Americana is like a really thriving young subgenre that I'm a big fan of, I mean, there's a lot of like super talents, like superstars yep. in Americana right now. Um, I guess Americana is kind of like a blanket. Yeah. It's widening its term. What the first band I saw there was a British band called the heavy heavy. So <laughs> there was very little twang involved with them, yeah, yeah. but they were there anyway. And it was great. But so like, yeah, I'm a they're... huge fan of like, I don't know if these people would all be considered of Americana, but I'm obviously a huge Brandy Carlo fan, but I'm a huge Molly Tuttle sure. fan, Sierra Hall, oh, yeah. like Corey Wong, like Billy Strings, yep. all, all those people. Yep, yep. So it's yep. a cool time for that genre. Absolutely. Might as well slide into it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so do you consider yourself a country artist? I do. I consider myself primarily a country artist because I I uh, live and operate out of Nashville. And, uh, you know, you have to term yourself something in order to sell your music. So I'm kind of the closest to country pop, I would say. Uh, I probably would term myself Americana if I had more organic production, but I just really love uh, hi-fi production. I really love like synths and programmed beats, and I love incorporating some of those a little bit more electronic elements into my music. So, Uh um, you know, Americana is just a little bit more organic feeling, I think. Yep. Um, yep. But I'm, I think, you know, I'm kind of in that Americana country pop space, I, I would say. Gotcha. So let's talk about uh, Antipodes. When did it, it, it start to become a thing for you? Well, as soon as I put out one album, I'm always looking towards the next project, even subconsciously. Right. Uh, so I would say, you know, as soon as I put out Bare Feet and then the EP Chasing Me, I was kind of starting to write and gather songs, I would say during 2019. Uh, I was on tour with Zach Brown Band that year. I was on tour with, um, gosh, it's a few years ago now. I think I, <laughs> I, I, think I did uh, some shows with Tim and Faith that year, Zach Brown Band, yep. Jimmy Buffett and the Eagles. So 
um, I was touring a lot and that really informed my writing and that really informed my confidence as an artist getting out and touring, um, especially playing in front of those big crowds. And so I've been writing and then the pandemic hit and I met the love of my life and I moved to New Zealand and all of that was extremely inspiring as I'm sure people can imagine. And so that's when the songs really started to come together and I tracked some in Nashville and over did all the overdubs and mixing and editing in New Zealand and right. uh, it became Antipodes. Cool. Where did you mix and edit in New Zealand? Uh, we recorded some at Roundhead. Uh, oh, it's right around the corner yeah, from my yeah. house. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> studio. I love Roundhead. Yeah. I love the people there. Great people and really like one of the most beautiful studios I've ever been in. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so uh, it was what was the biggest thing to get used to living, being in New Zealand as opposed to being in Nashville? Because they're two very different places. Very different. That's a great question. <laughs> well, I try, but that usually means it's a horrible question. No, no, it's a great question. I, I'm trying to think how to answer it accurately because I was less concerned with the differences and and more in wide-eyed wonderment at the right. situation that I found myself in. So I was like a kid in a candy store because we were in the middle of a global pandemic. You're head over heels in love. You move across the world to an amazing country and city. Like I love Auckland. So I was more, I would say <laughs> I was less concerned with how different it was and how to navigate it and more just like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I fell in love with New Zealand. You know, I love nature. My husband and I, love nature. We love beaches. We love hikes. We love getting outside. And New Zealand is the perfect place to do all of those things. So we would do little weekend trips to Raglan and Pakati and um, down south and up north and shipwrecks. And and we just loved it. We had so many fun adventures. And then before we left, we went to the South Island and, and explored that as well. So. Right. Very good. Hey, it sounds like you're doing it right. Excellent. Now, before we get into your songs, I couldn't help but notice that you covered a Fleetwood Mac tune, Big Love. Mm-hmm. And of course, we just lost Christine McVie yeah. a few days ago. So that was very sad. So tell me why you decided on that particular song to put on your record. Looking up love in the night so still. favorite bands ever. I love how different the three writers are and their sensibilities. I'm obviously a huge Christine McVie fan, but I chose Big Love uh, in accordance with my drummer and MD at the time, Near Z, showed me Lindsey Buckingham's solo acoustic version of Big Love, which is extraordinary. And honestly, I just started learning it as a challenge because it's such a difficult, intricate guitar part that I wanted to see, you know, I really took my time and learned it note for note. And it took me months. It took me maybe a year to really learn. And I feel like I'm still getting it down because it's so hard to play. It never gets easier. Um, But that's why I chose it. I chose it as a guitar challenge. And then we got such an amazing response from it live that we decided to record it, our version, because we kind of made this like prog rocky arrangement around it. Uh, right. which is very different than their record or his live version. So people really seem to like that. So we recorded it. 
Cool, cool. Yeah. Excellent. And I see you made a video for No Daylight, and you, yeah. made, you kind of self-shot that one yourself, right? Yep, and that's all of our travels in uh, New Zealand, North Island, South uh -huh. Island, that takes place there. Cool. So tell me about the song. What do you got, what do you got to reveal? Well, No Daylight is a phrase that actually my husband, I'd never heard of it, but it's this idea of there's no daylight between two people that are on the same page, that are on the same wavelength, uh -huh. that have kind of parallel perspectives. And I just thought it was a really beautiful phrase. I loved it. And so I wrote a love song. And it's very, the lyric is a little bit quirky. It's very descriptive, lots of images in it. Um, it's a little bit more of like an indie type lyric than a, it's a little bit poetic and ethereal more than say a traditional country lyric. But I'm really, really proud of it. It's kind of actually modeled after like a John Mayer song, like Comfortable or something like that. Gotcha. Cool, cool. And it's followed by a tune, uh, Don't Talk to Me Like I'm Tiffany, yeah. which is a little spicy. Is there a story behind that one? Everyone <laughs> asks who Tiffany is. She's not really a particular person. I just think Tiffany, right. and I, I'm sorry to offend any Tiffany's out there, but Tiffany's kind of a name. <laughs> I don't know. Tiffany's kind of one of those names that you can just see and feel the person when you say it. Don't talk to me like I'm Tiffany. If she can take what she want to from you Ooh. Even though you got nothing to give her It's just a sassy, funny, fun song and it's a really like swampy lick that I wrote on the Weisenborn actually. Oh really? Yeah. Oh cool. And yep. uh, I have it over there if you want me to show you but I'd love um, to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I love a good Weisenborn. Yeah, give me one sec. Give me one sec. Sure. So actually, this Weisenborn was made in, in uh, Wellington. Oh, really? Yeah. And her name is Kiwi. Okay. Now hold it up because I can't see it. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to play it for you. Oh. That's why. Um, yeah. Oh, that's a beauty. Yeah. And see, she has the power shell inlay and the silver ferns. Yep. Um, nice. My husband. Oh yeah, look, that's a real kiwi instrument. Yeah, it is. Well, we designed it, my husband and I, to commemorate our time in New Zealand. And right? then he actually proposed to me with this guitar. He tied a ring on one of the strings. Oh gee. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> it is indeed. But um, yeah. So I just had this lick, like um, this is out of tune, but you'll get the idea. Um, like. Yep. So I just had this really swampy, fun lick, and yep. I knew I wanted to write a song called Don't Talk to Me Like I'm Tiffany with it. And then I asked right. uh, my friend Joe Bonamassa, who's one of my guitar heroes, to come play yep. on it, and he was kind enough to do so. And it's one of my favorite songs on the album, and it's definitely in my top like two or three to play live because people just love it so live, yeah. yeah, it's so fun <laughs> live. Well, I'm really, really proud of this record. It's been out for a year now, which is hard to believe. And right. It's yielded me my first top 30 single, which is a huge deal in country. It went right. number four, top five on the iTunes chart. Um, and so I'm really proud of it. It's definitely an evolution for me. And now as I'm looking fo forward to recording the next project, you know, you just look at them as chapters and timestamps of a certain time in your life. And this one will always be so special to me because it documents 
the meeting of my husband and that time in our life. Um, But I'm extremely proud of it. And there's a song on here called So Many Skies that I think will be one of the uh, pivotal songs in my career that's that's especially uh, meaningful. And I'm just very proud of that song. God, I'm so lucky I've seen so many skies. Guitar in my hands, stars in my eyes. I was writing my songs. He was living them out. I used to dream all of my dreams on my own. I thought that was the only way I could feel free. But life has a richness now I never know. Cause he sailed round the co-wrote that with Mac McAnally? Yep, Mac McAnally and my husband, actually. Uh-oh. And uh, that song tells our story. It tells was he a songwriter before he met you? No, no. <laughs> and I don't know if he would even call himself a songwriter now, but he, he helps me finish a lot of songs. He has a great ear and a great sensibility, and um, I trust his judgment, so he ends up getting some songwriting credits. But actually, on So Many Skies, he genuinely wrote like a verse and a half because I needed some right. sailing vernacular. Um, And some images that were just very visceral and captured his life before meeting me, you know, out on the open ocean as a sailor, um, as an offshore sailor. And so, um, like I said, I'm very proud of that song. Now, you made a reference to kind of the song is getting you're getting some airplay. Um, How is the situation with getting airplay as a female country musician? Is it changing? Because there's been a lot of ruckus about it made lately yeah which is a good thing it's changing but. it's absolutely changing i think a bigger or a wider range in conversation to have is not only about gender but also just about being less risk averse like i feel like country radio is one of the most is one of the in- institutions i've seen that's the most terrified of taking any artistic risks and right that's very antithetical to the creative art that we're in. And so it ties a lot of hands creatively. And that's something that I think is an even like, that's a flag that I want to wave even more than like being a woman. Cause I think there's so many unique women with unique, very characteristic sounds. And I think that the characteristic sound plays as big of a role in them not getting played as the fact that they're a woman And so I think there's a bigger conversation about creative freedom to be had. And that's why I'm really lucky to live in a time when an independent artist like me can make music and start to build and garner an audience in other ways. Um, And obviously country radio is still hugely influential if you're lucky enough to get played on it, um, which I have been um, and I've worked really hard to be. Um, but not at the expense of my creativity and my art. And that's a balance that every single artist needs to reconcile and navigate for themselves. And it's, it can be very, very hard. Right. Right. Yeah. Do, and, and of course you're not alone. I mean, there's like Margot Price and Brandy Carlisle, even Dolly Parton still out there doing the thing. So do you guys, I don't know if you know any of these people, or if you talk about these things, but it feels like a movement of a, uh, is afoot. Oh, absolutely. Like there's a movement afoot. Um, there's a movement afoot in country and in Americana. And there's a lot of women who have stuck their neck out to yep. start a conversation. And that deserves a lot of reverence and respect. 
And it's nothing new. I mean, Loretta Lynn and Dolly Parton stuck their neck out 40 years ago. Yep. So it's yep. it's just having some artistic courage and integrity. And there's always artists who have it. And everybody else is inspired by and admires them. Cool, cool. All right, so you got the record out. You're doing some touring and stuff. What's what's the plan for next year? You got any thoughts? Yeah, well, I'm in the Zach Brown Band, so we're going to be touring next year. We're going to visit UK and Australia. We're doing a whole tour, and then I'm doing my own headline tour. I'm going to release a new album that I'm recording this month. And Ooh. yeah, busier. So you got a batch of songs ready to go? Yeah, I'm so excited. I do. <laughs> uh, I'm busier than I've ever been, and I'm so, so grateful. Very good. All righty. Well, hopefully you'll be back in Auckland sometime soon and we can see and hear you play. Yes, I would absolutely love that. Um, and just last thing, my video for If I Don't Love You that I filmed in New Zealand is out now. Yep. Um, ah, okay. And uh, folks should take a look at that. It's kind of like a love letter to New Zealand that I made before I left there. If I don't love you, why do I It's kind of like, that's kind of like a little piano ballad, isn't it? Yes, exactly, exactly. And it has a pretty epic video that we shot in the South Island. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll stick that up on the website and Please. point it at people. Cool. <laughs> very good. Thank you, Marty. All right. Thank you very much. Have, Have a, a great one. December, and hopefully we'll see you next year. Thank you so much.